Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of The Funny Thing About Yoga. I'm Bradshaw Wish. And I'm Gianna Gambino. We're so excited for all of you to join us for our first episode. In today's episode, we're just going to really focus on who we are, how we found yoga, and how Gianna and I started collaborating as teachers and, more importantly, friends. So enjoy. Okay, so I'll begin... I feel like I should get into storytelling mode where I'm like, it was a dark and stormy (laughs) night (laughs) or something classic, but I discovered yoga in college. I was 18. I went to school in Pittsburgh. I'm from New York. It was the first time that I was really away from home. And that year was pretty tough because aside from just you know, life transitions, big life transitions. I also was experiencing a lot of loss and it felt like I was going home to New York for a funeral almost every weekend, which made it really hard to be social in the college setting and like make friends and adjust because I was really only there for classes. So I was calling my mom complaining. I wanted to drop out. I didn't really understand the point of going back and forth from Pittsburgh to New York so often. And I remember her suggesting that I go take a yoga class. And I don't think my mom ever really practiced yoga, even though she says she's done everything in the eighties before I was born. Um, (laughs) But maybe that's debatable. (laughs) It's also, I know Gianna's mom and it's just so something that she would say. But, like I've done all that stuff. I've already done it. <laughs> but I have to give her credit because I honestly would have never taken a yoga class if she didn't push me towards it. And she's saying, you'll breathe, you'll get some you know, time to roll. You'll have some time to relax and maybe you'll get nice arms like Madonna. So it was like a, <laughs> a three for one. And that was enough, I guess, to convince me to take the bus all the way across Pittsburgh over the river down to the south side to go to this little studio called Breathe on South Carson Street. So if anyone listening knows it, I've been wondering what happened to that studio. I haven't been in Pittsburgh in years, but if you uh, know this place, I'd love to know if my memory is correct too, because I feel like they were um, like Iyengar and a Hatha-based studio. And so the classes there were really slow paced, very alignment focused. And you would essentially go from like pose to pose to pose and just breathe into it. And you'd be just like 10 breath holds and to enter the yoga practice at that point was actually really challenging for me because my mind was going a mile a minute and I wasn't able to fully connect to it. I was like, oh my God, this feels like forever. I'm so bored. How are people doing this? And just for context. This was in 2004. So it was before the like Lululemon era. Yeah. It was before like the big Connor kind of like 
Baptiste yoga boom, right? When Because I would say that it happened a little later in the early 2000s. Totally. And why I'm saying that is um, I think the culture around the yoga studio was a little bit different. It was like, if you were late, you did not enter. Like there was like mm-hmm. these strict rules. There wasn't any like or at least in this community, there wasn't any like showmanship or like the physicality was not what was on display. It was definitely Mm. more like spiritually focused. And I think because I was so young and I didn't know that world, it was hard for me to access. And it's funny because many ways I've returned to that, but it took me a 10 year journey to like get back to that first entry point that I had. And, um, Yeah. So I had a on and off relationship. I would force myself to take that bus, go take classes. And I'm like, and you got to try it a couple of times before it's, you know, sticks. And I don't think it ever fully like stuck with me until I took a Bikram class, which is so funny because it's the opposite of, um, it's the opposite of that. It's also the opposite of what I like now, but I found Bikram in South Florida. My brother was a big hot yoga Bikram fan. And so he's like, well, try this style with me. And then I was doing it like four times a week for years. And honestly, I was finding that not only did I lose weight, which is like a a side effect of being, I guess, physical in any way, but I was just finding that I'm leaving there feeling lighter and brighter and happier. And I'm like, oh, I want to keep doing this thing that makes me feel good. And, um, yeah, I think I've got to a point maybe four years into practicing Bikram and this is now around like 2008, 2009. And I think I stopped in like 2010 with Bikram, but I, I went and just took a regular vinyasa class. It's like, I needed variety. I needed to change it up and to challenge myself physically a little bit. And so, so in the vinyasa community is where I, I felt most at home. I was like, I liked that uh, different teachers brought different elements to the practice. I liked the, I liked also the challenge of it. And then again, sticking with that same line of vein of like, I know this thing is making me feel better. I feel more connected to myself. I feel more grounded and letting those benefits kind of take over the physical. Yeah. So that is my story with how I came to yoga, why I stayed with yoga and, um, leading me into the teaching was just being a student. I went and took my first 200 hour just because I wanted to know more. And I still want to know more. I'm like, do they offer a PhD in yoga? Because (laughs) I think I'll be a student forever. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so 10 years after, after, taking yoga classes. I was persuaded to do my first 200 hour and I did not want to teach. I was very, very shy. I'm still an introvert and very shy, but I could never picture myself getting up in front of a room and actually talking. And I believe I've like failed classes in grad school for not presenting my like final papers. That's a serious true story because I never wanted to talk in front of a class. And now it's, it's just, really ironic that I do it every day. 
But yeah. Okay. So to wrap this up, so I didn't want to teach. How did I start teaching now? I honestly was just thrown into it. I just, I took my teacher training and then it took me like a couple of months before actually teaching. And I would go to the studio that I did the training at. And I think one day, a 6 a.m. class, the teacher didn't show up, but I was there in the studio and I was like, hey, you did your YTT. Why don't you just teach it? And I was like, no, 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 I cannot do this. I was like kicking and screaming. And then I like saw all these people lining up waiting for class and there was no teacher. And so I did it. And then I got, I guess, convinced to be on the sub list. And so I was like, okay, at last minute, if someone needs me, I'll be there. And then being on the sub list at this one studio made me feel like I can slowly gain the confidence to speak in front of a room and walk around. And I wound up really loving it. I love sharing what made me feel fall in love with the yoga practice. I want people to walk away with that same experience of like, oh, I feel lighter. I feel brighter like this was a necessary part of my day that allows me to feel more connected to myself, more grounded, maybe happier. And that's why I continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I love that. Was there anything? I love that. And I love you. Was there anything new in there that you did not know about me? Or do you just know me like the back? I know you pretty well. I mean, I, I guess I didn't realize how terrified you were of public speaking. Oh yeah, it was bad. Now look at me on a mic. Yeah, this is, <laughs> I'm the opposite issue. <laughs> I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, Bradshaw got the microphone and immediately started singing. We were like testing it out and I had to listen to whatever. I can't sing. I can't sing just so everybody knows. I think you should end every episode with just a little medley. Just a little song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's segue into your story of how you came to yoga and all the things. Yeah. So I started practicing yoga on a whim. My partner at the time, we were looking to do something physical, you know, get in shape, focus on our overall well-being. And uh, there was a studio that opened up in the West Loop called Bare Feet Power Yoga that's still there. We got a group on and I, I was living in Lakeview. And if anyone, if you're from Chicago, Lakeview and the West Loop are very, very far from one another. But I used to take the eight bus down. Well, I started, I, the first class I went to, I was like hooked. I, I really was. I was like, I'm obsessed with this. Um, it, specifically the, the physicality, which John and I have spoken a lot about. So why a lot of people get into the yoga practice and then they learn other tools along the way. But I think, you know, starting a yoga practice, focusing on the physical is not a bad thing, right? It's a great entry point for so many people. I agree. I think, I, I think of it as like, if that's just one access point where you can bait people in to, mm -hmm. to join and to just show up, to walk through the door, then okay, they're there. And then what you do as the teacher in that time to help deliver the other deeper wisdoms or juicy nuggets of the practice, then that becomes like the real yogic experience. And I, you know, I think I had that moment in Bikram that I was talking about. And then like the, the other physical benefits of like, maybe it's Madonna arms or <laughs> weight loss or whatever it is. Yeah. As long as people are getting through the door, like those are not, that's not the point of yoga. It might happen, but it's mm -hmm. again, that physical could be the entry point, but it's not why I stayed. And it's not why you stayed either. 
No, 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 not at all. Uh, but, you know, at that time in 2013, I think that was a really great entry point for me. And then really at the time, we've talked about this, but I'll go into a little more detail. I was 23. I was working at a restaurant. I also worked about six months for, at the Apple store. And I was really struggling at the time after college, as a lot of people do. Um, but I just like was not a nine to five worker. And coming to that realization at that at like 22, 23, I was concerned because <laughs> I, I just didn't have any <laughs> insight into where or what I wanted to do. Can I just add, you're not even like a 12 to one worker. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're not actually even a worker. <laughs> I have to like stalk you to do anything. <laughs> it's kind of true. Uh, so at that time, uh, you know, for me, Gianna had a different experience of taking a lot more time before doing her training. I was kind of like, uh, like boots on the ground right away. So I started to think about teacher training very soon into practicing because again, I, I think at the time I didn't have a lot of direction and the yoga practice was providing me with some direction, some clarity in terms of, okay, well, if you're not going to do X, Y, and Z, maybe you can teach from a little bit, figure it out, not work nine to five and kind of like see if I can make that world work for me. Now, you and I are very different in so many ways, but like being in front of people, being um, in front of a group, in front of a class is not something that necessarily scared me at the time. I kind of grew up in front of people my entire life from just theater and the kind of family that I grew up in was very theatrical, shocking, I know. <laughs> so uh, the, 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 that aspect of it was like, okay, I get to kind of like be in front of people. I get to, to lead a class. I get to um, talk about things I'm really passionate about, uh, you know, really at the time of practicing was a lot of inversions and arm balances because I was a, a, a gymnast. I was a cheerleader. So again, that physicality came very natural to me. Uh, it was always something I really enjoyed doing and really enjoy and really missed after college, you know, because I, I, I also, I swam in high school. Um, I had a, I had a pretty structured kind of like, uh, adolescence in terms of like being consistent about going to practice and, uh, yeah, all, all those things. So when I got older, I really felt like I was missing that some, some structure in my life at the time. And so I think that yoga really provided me uh, with that. So I started teaching a year after I did a 200 hour training uh, in Rhode Island. Now at this time, this was like the height, I think Gianna of like the Baptiste uh, power yoga, heated vinyasa of the, uh, you know, early 2000s. So that's kind of where I got my start. And then I started teaching pretty much right away. I remember a couple of months after uh, getting certified. I mean, I was very lucky because Robin, who owns Bare Feet Power Yoga, she kind of gave me a job right away. So that really got my foot in the door. And then uh, I just started hustling, working at gyms. I, I mean, I've literally taught all over the city. I had some friends that worked in corporate, so I was able to get some corporate gigs. Uh, then I just kind of started teaching right away. Then I realized about mm, six years in, what? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was like, I don't know. Like I just, I, I needed to learn more. Yeah, everyone has different experiences when it comes to teaching. Uh, some people do a 200 hour training, then they do a 500 hour training right after. 
or, you know, I, I needed to teach and kind of, I, I was so green in terms of not knowing a lot about yoga in general, because I just started practicing and two, not really knowing where I wanted to go in terms of style and approach. Uh, and then I, um, started doing more research and heard about Jason Crandall, who's our, our teacher who lives in San Francisco. And, uh, when I heard about Jason, I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to doing a 500 hour training. And it, it, you know, if any of you out there know that I've done a 500 hour training, it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money and it's a lot of time. So it took me a while to really commit to the training that I wanted to do. Uh, I had, it, it was separated into three separate modules. Gianna, you came for the second one, right? I had already the done the second one. one that you were a part of. Yeah. yeah. There's three different modules. I was doing the second one. Jenna was doing her first one at the same time. She came to take my class. She had taken my class uh, for a while at that point. And she said, are you doing this training? And I said, yes, it's so worth it. You should, you should go. Uh, so Gianna and I knew each other. I feel like you're prior. taking credit. Well, I should. <laughs> <laughs> um okay you could take credit we'll clarify after <laughs> oh my god this is she's like okay that's really not the story so <laughs> um so gian and i met there and this was like pandemic time right so i'd been teaching now for a, a, a while pandemic is about to hit gian and i meet and we're like okay what are we gonna do with our lives uh since like public classes are kind of going down the drain at least for now so I had always wanted to lead trainings and uh, Gianna has amazing skills and organization and admin that I just don't have. So when I uh, linked up with Gianna, I was like, okay, this is a really good uh, partnership. And so mm -hmm. we did a couple 200 hour trainings and then we started to get into retreats and now we're doing a podcast and we we're kind of doing it all, all the yoga things. We are. I want to say your story is like 98% accurate, but I just want to say that we met in 2014. And so I used to take Bradshaw's class at um, the Wicker Park Athletic Club. And I never was like a gym yoga person, but you had a really good class. Yeah. I don't um, remember a lot of those years of teaching, but I bet they were great. I remember. No, I mean, like there is definitely, I got to say, like there is, and I, I bet a lot of teachers, I'm saying this. So like, hopefully a lot of people can relate to just me being very transparent and honest. Mm -hmm. um, like the first five years of teaching, I like, I could get up in front of a group of people, but like, I, I was very insecure about how much knowledge I had about my sequencing about my my approach about what I wanted to talk about in class about like there was a lot that um I, you know like I look back I'm like oh cringe but I don't think that like I've really worked on not doing that and being like I've arrived where I am as a teacher now and I really feel comfortable with where I am as a teacher mm -hmm. um and had to go through kind of five or six years of not really knowing mm -hmm. yeah I've always admired your confidence in just taking something that you might not be an expert in, like, I, I'm not trying to put you down no, when no, I no. say that, but like, you're like, okay, I know this thing. I know it well enough and let me share it. Whereas like, I'm the opposite where I'm like, I need, you to, need know to know everything, everything you need to know about everything. And then I get, yeah. And I'll get like disabled by like, just my fear of not knowing enough. And so mm -hmm. I think 
you know, that's, we, we balance each other out in so, so many if you want ways. The, if you want the perfect yoga teacher, Gianna and I need to have a baby and it could it had to be half me, half Gianna, and then it will be the perfect yoga teacher. We're working on it. We're working. <laughs> okay. I'll carry. I'll carry. Wait, we can't joke like that because I recently found out that some of our students thought we were a couple. And I was like, how? Yeah, which is hysterical. It's like, how? How did anyone think literally, that? Literally, 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 that's insane because I'm like a gay baby. <laughs> You're my gay baby. <laughs> you're my, you're my gay baby. Um, no, but to go back to the first time I met you, I, and I'm not shaming gym yoga, but I've always been like the yoga studio aficionado to say the mm -hmm. least. And my ex-boyfriend or boyfriend at the time was really pushing me to like go to the same gym as him. And I was in grad school and I was like, I can't do a yoga studio and a gym membership on like my, you know, serving salary, or <laughs> it's not even a salary, but like, I was like waiting tables and in grad school. So I had to quit my studio to join, uh, this gym, the, the silly things you do for, <laughs> for love or for whatever, love. <laughs> mm -hmm. or, or, and if you're listening or delusion, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it brought me to your class and for that, I'm super grateful. And there's, there's so many good teachers at that gym. It was like a quality yoga program. And mm. I've, I've taught at many, many, many gyms and there's great teachers everywhere, but I just didn't expect that coming there to be such, yeah. you know, I say this all the time and especially for new teachers. And I think, and I know, like, again, I love all the studios that I teach at really the only yoga studio I teach at right now is Zen. I mm -hmm. love Zen, but like, why? Well, and I teach a lot for shout out. Hey Zen. We, <laughs> um, we love teaching at Zen, but I also have taught for years at Chicago athletic clubs. And I'll tell you when I teach at, when I teach at a place like CAC, I have tons of people that take class that typically wouldn't take a yoga class. And there is the most variety in age, gender, all like all of the things. There's the, the most variety at clubs or at, at clubs at, at, at uh, gyms. And also within that space, I learned how to become a better yoga teacher for teachers out there or for people who don't know a lot about teaching. It's easier to teach in a yoga studio because people have a general consensus and idea of what's going on. So you actually have to, you have to I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Jenna, but like work a little bit less, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to acquire as many skills compared to working in a gym. When you're working at a gym, there's a, there's just there, there's a lot more variety in terms of students and I, experience. I kind of know what you mean though. I teach consistently across venue, but like, for example, if you say Virabhadrasana 2 or Warrior 2 in a yoga studio, mm. the majority of the students might know what that is versus yeah, yeah, yeah. in a gym where maybe you detail exactly how to get into it every single time or something. Well, like that. not only not only that, but also I think that people are less likely if they're insecure about going to a yoga class, they're less likely to go to a yoga class at a yoga studio than they are at the gym. Because oh, I feel certain. like they, they they may see, they may feel like the stakes are lower. And so they're not, or not, maybe not be judged, even though we're, we're yoga teachers, not 
meant to judge anyone, but I think that a lot of people have that insecurity of maybe going into a space and not feeling welcome, not feeling mm -hmm. seen, all of those things. So I think that the stakes are sometimes a little lower in gyms. Um, sorry, we could, this is a whole yeah, other we're going we into could get a, into. We're, a little bit we're going into a tangent, tangent but, but the point is we met there and mm -hmm. I wanted to be your friend. He didn't. She starts crying. She's crying. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like after class, I would like come up to Bradshaw and try to be friendly. And it was just like talking to a brick wall. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but you did not cross any teacher student boundaries with me. <laughs> and I that's also, I mean, I could get I, into another conversation about that, which is I think that sometimes when I'm done teaching, and you say this because you yeah. see me and you're like, you're out. Yeah. And I like, I think that sometimes I I I just have a very strict boundary of like I have a job. I'm here to do the job. And then I'm um I'm done with the job. Totally. And for me, was, and I also don't want, it's not like I don't want people, I, I want to be friendly and kind. It's just that I, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I just like to get out. You, you do. I told you he's hardly a 12 to one worker. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's like 1258. He's done. <laughs> no, I think honestly, cause you know, I like therapy through therapy. I've learned boundaries of with work of like how much time I want to spend and energetically how much time I want to put out. That's totally. a whole other conversation. Yeah. But I think that we also, can I say one thing? Of course. I also want to talk a little bit about, uh, so, you know, getting back to Kaya. So we lead retreats, we do trainings, uh, we're doing a podcast, we do mentorship. So Kaya is the name of our business. For those of you who aren't familiar, it's Kaya Yoga School. And yeah, so continue, Bradshaw. Yeah, so I, again, that's how Gian and I really started working together since the pandemic. And I think that's something that Gianna and I, in terms of, um, let's, I just want to talk a little bit stylistically of how we approach class. It, we, we are... Uh, students again of Jason Crandall. And I think that something that Jason has really taught Gianna and I is uh, to be skillful in what you're teaching. So I think that we are teachers that focus on um, anatomy. We teach We teach a lot about consistency. We teach a lot about, uh, I think the the importance of regulating a nervous system in the yoga class. And uh, we we keep it very approachable. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think, G? I totally agree. And I think for me, I had an aha moment in Jason's training during um, early 2020. That's, again, the time period where Bradshaw and I actually, by being in this training together, actually crossed the, the boundary of being colleagues. I said, okay, you can be my friend. Okay. Not only did he say, okay, you could be my friend, but I'd be like, friend. Did I say that? No, but like oh. your energy said it, <laughs> 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 but like, I'm like front row set up ready. Like my notebooks, my pens, like ready to be there as a student. And like Bradshaw <laughs> just recognized me in the room comes in a, like maybe a little bit later than I was. <laughs> like sets up his mat like a quarter of an inch from mine and so I really didn't have a choice but to like acknowledge that you know we're two people from the same city that both teach yoga now immersed in this experience in San Francisco and again this was right before pandemic so we're like hearing things 
on the news. And I'm like, should his mat be a quarter of an inch from mine? <laughs> I literally thought, and I, again, this is going to sound so ignorant and so embarrassing, but like, I thought two weeks. I'm like, oh, just two weeks. Yeah. We all kind of thought that. Um, okay, good. But, but, and then, then my best, my best friend Tracy was like, this is going to be two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally almost fell to the ground. Yeah. I kind of knew it the whole time because I, I got right to my computer research. <laughs> I know. I like, <laughs> but, but all that to say, like during the beginning of lockdown, like I got straight to writing, you know, mm-hmm. 200 hour curriculum, like kind of poured my, my all into that. And then like having these meetings with Bradshaw to like conceptualize what we want to bring to. And this is what we connected on is like having a very structured curriculum. Like we want students to know what they're trying to learn, you know, like, like they're there to either learn more about yoga or become a teacher. And so I think we designed a program that has all of our influences because, um, well, besides training 300 hour with Jason, I've done another 300 hour before this, that was a little bit more, um, grounded in like Ayurveda and the subtle body and the more, I want to say like philosophical, spiritual, and you know, the, the subtle body realm of yoga, honestly, the chakras, the nadis, the koshas, like all of that was at the forefront. Here she goes. Okay. That was at the forefront. Here she goes. (laughs) So I did one 300 hour in that. And I was like, this is amazing. This is great. I'm so into it, but also my administrative organizational brain was like, how do I take this into my teaching? And so Jason was the perfect person Mm -hmm. for that. And then together with your background, my background of all these different things, I think we've done a really good job, if I do say so myself, of bringing that into a well-rounded program. And we had, I think we have to give a lot of the success to the lockdown and like being itinerant and virtual for the first Mm -hmm. two years, we created virtual trainings that, that did really well. Yeah. And yeah. then as I things mean, started opening up, sorry to cut you off, then no, no, and we started to get, um, you know, get back to our lives and be in person more. That's where we, we began doing retreats and eventually it's in our plans to do like immersive trainings. So, so we've got big plans and this podcast is one of them. For sure. I mean, one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast, everyone, is like there is so much to talk about when it comes to the yoga sphere is what I'll call it. From teaching to being a student to public classes to retreats to trainings uh, to uh, just experiences in the classroom with students, being a student. Like there's just we have I, I will say we have a wealth of knowledge in terms of this, uh, this world that we are a part of for our careers. And we're excited to just share it with all of you and hopefully do it with a little sense of lightheartedness and humor, but also a sense that we take this really seriously and we, we love our jobs and we love being yoga teachers. Totally. And we want, like Bradshaw said, we want to keep it real. There's a lot of resources out there. There's countless, um, websites, magazines and other podcasts that we all love and respect that can provide so much information, but 
sometimes you just want to hear from your colleagues on mm -hmm. like what that audition was like or mm -hmm. <laughs> how much the studio pays or yeah, et cetera, et cetera. You, you get the point of just the ins and well, outs. I, 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 the ins and outs. And also I think that we can provide, there's a, there's an idea of kind of what the job is. I think like kind of an like, idealistic, like, oh my God, this is what the, and we're kind of, kind of pull back the curtain and show the, the reality of what it's like teaching full-time and um, the ins and outs, the good, the bad and everything in between. And hopefully again, you know, make you laugh along the way. Cause we're, we're fun. Yeah. So you can expect to hear weekly from us about some of these topics that we just kind of glazed over a little bit. And we'll also be bringing in other people to join the conversations because a large part of the yoga practice is being in community. And this podcast is a way for us to connect and create community, but also um, share that community with all of you listening. So if you would like to be on our podcast, there's a number of ways. We uh, have a form on our website. So if you go to kayayogaschool.com slash podcast, you'll see a submission form. And we'd love to hear from yoga teachers, yoga students about something either in your practice or in your teaching that you'd like to hear us dive into a little bit deeper. So that could be anything from how to teach triangle pose to dealing with a student who has a certain issue, whether it be like a physical uh, injury or uh, any other. Preparing for an audition. Yeah, totally. Getting hired. Yeah, anything. Anything, anything related to the yoga sphere. So if you go on to that link. If you go to that link, you'll see this button to fill out a very, very simple form where you can upload a short voice memo straight from your phone. And we'll play that on the podcast. We'll respond to it. And if we have guests, we'll invite them in to respond to it. And it'll just spark dialogue and hopefully allow all of us to feel a little bit more connected. Absolutely. So we are just so excited for you all to join us for our journey. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we have a podcast Instagram handle, which is the funny thing about yoga and also <laughs> How creative. Yeah, it's literally the name, but yeah. it will really help if you rate, review and subscribe yeah, right subscribe. here. So subscribing to the podcast is a really great way to support and to bump us up so other people can find out about us. Um, but yeah. Okay. So besides what we have coming up, we also are running a retreat in Sedona, March 31st through April 3rd. It's a long weekend filled with hiking, meditating, yoga, lots of laughs, connecting moments. And if you haven't been to Sedona, just know it is beautiful. We will meditate in the vortexes. We'll look at the red rock formations. We'll allow Bradshaw to make us laugh a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Gianna and I absolutely love, love, love doing retreats. And we always have such a wonderful time and we get to really know our students so well. And it's just, it really is a treat. It is. So, and you can make it anything you'd like, whether it's mm -hmm. you're traveling solo, you want to meet like-minded folks, or you want to unplug and get away from the daily grind of the everyday and really focus on self-care. There's 
freedom in customizing your experience. So that's all on that. Getting back to the funny thing about yoga, we want to end each episode with a short segment called what is the funny thing about yoga (laughs) where we share either silly stories or things that make us laugh. So Brad, I know you had a particular experience you wanted to share today. What one? The one about opposite, opposite girl. Oh, opposite girl. Yeah. I had a student once. I just call her, let's just call her opposite girl. And she would come in 15 minutes to like, she would come in 15 minutes late to class and then like do the complete opposite of what I would say. So I would like say stand up. She would sit down. I would say sit down. She would stand up. I would say Shavasana. She would do a handstand. I mean, it was, I didn't even get upset. I was just like, this is the most insane experience I could. And I was like obsessed with just like, what is she going to do next? And she would always come to my class 15 minutes late, which is, you know, whatever. And then she would just come up to me after class and be like, that was great. And I'm like, girl, you didn't do any of the class. (laughs) But I also was just like, okay, you know what? She was there. She came maybe a little late, but she did something. Something was working for her. Totally. There's always a moment where like a humbling moment while teaching where you just have to be like, okay. Yeah. Just let it go. Like this is, <laughs> this is, this, You're is, like, it. this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many stories similar to that. Um, and just because now my brain is like focusing on one particular, I'll share it. But this one time I was teaching a class and this person who I'd never had in class before is definitely a newer student came in like 20 minutes late. And so we, we reference or I referenced this earlier as like how back in the day, just like the yeah, minute that the you studio not started, late. yeah, you just, the doors were locked. Sorry, come back for the next class. And I like aspects of that, but I also understand that people have crazy lives, children, things that, you know, just happen. And I also think that like, again, this could be, we could go on a tangent here. Yeah. There's a difference between being late once and then being consistently late every time, totally. like where someone's always 15 minutes late and totally. it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But I think <laughs> there has to be a cutoff. So I'm, I'm like a blend between like, I like structure. I like, I like order, but 20 minutes, like I'm already deep into my flow. Yeah. Just go to the other class. I, the I'm other class. you're like moving your breathing, your breath to movement. I'm like, I don't know if this is like good for you to enter at this point. It's distracting for me. But anyway, so this person comes in, I'm just like, okay, the front desk, let him in, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm busy, obviously I'm leading a group and I like all of a sudden just notice that this, (laughs) this person is just every now and then just walking off the mat and walking around the room. And I was just like, what is happening? Um, But I did get to know the person after and I was, and I guess he was just getting like tired and hot and like just needed space. And I was like, okay. But it was that moment where I was just like in my head, it was like, you just never know. Okay. This is happening. It's like, yeah, like I, I don't know what to do. So I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the funny thing about yoga, but it's a funny moment in your head where it keeps you on your toes of like, how do I respond? Or like, how do I use the, the tools of the practice while I'm teaching to just like, well, kinda... I think that's a whole other episode, girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Oh my God. As, as well, long as I, everyone is safe. 
and yes. enjoying their practice, yes. we are supportive. We're good. Good for you. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I think we'll just, we'll wrap it up and say thank you all so much for listening. Please give us your feedback. Please like, and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. And we're so excited to be on this journey with all of you. Be kind to yourself and we'll talk soon. Till next week. This is Gianna. This is Bradshaw. Bye. Bye. I love you always, forever, you and me, closer together, everywhere. I will be with you, everything. I will do for you, sailing up. Never, never stop. Never, never stop. Everywhere and everything.